Welcome to Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you along with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. And the first Tuesday of each month, we check in with our friends from the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And today, our guest is the uh, director of the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Division, Keith Nyan. And Keith, we uh, welcome you to Kale and Company Live. Great to have you with us. Uh, thank you very much. It's uh Always good to be able to speak about uh, the good things that we do here at the department. Absolutely so. And, and Keith, from what I understand, uh, the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Unit uh, delivered some record-breaking results for Granite State consumers in 2022. Congratulations. No, thank you very much. It was, uh, it, we, you know, can we don't always, let me, me, me start over. We don't control the types of cases that we receive, nor do we control the volume. And we're certainly trying to uh, increase our outreach to, you know, produce more volume for the department. But um, last year was a great year. And uh, it's, I, I attribute the success of, of last year to the investigators who were involved and certainly uh, the hard work of the department. So um, absolutely, it was a good year. Now, what, what is the mission uh, of your unit? So, so uh, great question. So, the consumer services division is built on a uh, threefold mission, which we like to call educate, navigate, and investigate. And really, what we do is we handle uh, inquiries from New Hampshire's insurance consumers. You know, whether it be through email, uh, phone calls, or formal written correspondence. Um, but those phone calls that come in are really driven towards educating the public about the types of products in the marketplace. Maybe an individual has a question about an automobile policy or how to purchase homeowner's insurance. So um, a large portion of what we do is educating the public. Um, navigating is, you know, not that dissimilar where people call and typically it's indicating, you know, I'm, I have a problem with a automobile claim. You know, what do I do? And we, we assist them navigating what we consider to be, you know, fairly complex processes. Um, and then lastly, when, issues become of a significant magnitude. Um, We will investigate uh, those issues, which normally involves reaching out to an insurance company or a licensed agent, you know, asking for records and uh, really making sure that consumers are being treated properly and more more importantly, according to the laws and rules of the uh, state of New Hampshire. Now, it was a very successful year because uh, according to some of the data that uh, I'm looking at uh, right now, uh, consumer services processed 929 consumer complaint investigations, 4,080 assistance requests, and 90 applications for an external health review. And uh, consumer services recovered an unprecedented $4.1 million for New Hampshire consumers eclipsing its 2021 recovery by more than $2.8 million. That's, uh, that, that's quite an increase. It really was. And again, that was driven by, uh, I think, a year coming out of, you know, what was a long, drawn-out COVID period where certainly people weren't driving as frequently. So we did see an increased uh, number of automobile investigations. Um, you know, that was a big driver. And, and as we said, we don't always control who who reaches us. 
Um, so those dollar figures were in particular driven by some very large recoveries, which fell on the heels of some investigations. Um, but the volumes were really driven by uh, post-COVID numbers where people were getting back out into the community. And um, when that happens, there are well more automobile accidents and more people sought treatment uh, in their medical with your medical professionals. Yeah. Now, uh, the Consumer Services Unit is divided into uh, two subunits. So uh, tell us about uh, each of them, if you would, Keith. Absolutely, Ken. So we have two teams here, and they're built around what we refer to as our product line silos. And for those out in the uh, community, we have our LAH division, which stands for Life Accident Health Insurance. And we have dedicated two, uh, three dedicated investigators there who work on life insurance issues, health insurance issues, annuity contracts, disability insurance, um, long-term care. Those are the uh, major categories um, in that division. And in the uh, product, I'm sorry, the PNC product division, which stands for property and casualty, uh, that's where we investigate um, homeowners insurance issues, automobile claims, warranty, service contracts, um, and th- those would certainly be the three. That also include uh, some workers' compensation issues. But, uh, yeah, each of those divisions uh, both had better years. Yeah, absolutely so. Now, the uh, property and casualty and life unit uh, processed 506 consumer complaint investigations. Uh, what uh, was there? Is there any particular complaint that, uh, that, that stood out uh, among others? So it's, it's great. So I would start off by saying, you know, that property and casualty division um, saw a recovery of about $1.5 million. And, and what's interesting, Ken, as, as we talk about the property and casualty division, is of all of those cases that we investigated that actually resulted in some sort of financial recovery, um, 84 of those cases were automobile cases, which is about 31% of that volume. Um you know, within that realm, there was probably one case which really drove our numbers more than anything else, uh, which was a, uh, I guess say it was about $132,000 recovery for an individual um, who unfortunately uh, had her claim denied on a motorhome loss. Um, so the department got involved and we were certainly able to, uh, uh, as I said, we requested some records and put a little pressure on the company and we were able to facilitate a $132,000 recovery for that consumer. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting is those cases which generate the largest recoveries are not always the ones that take the most time to investigate. Um, you know, on the other end of that spectrum, the lowest recovery you had on the automobile side was $24. Um, you know, so we, we, we take all cases and it doesn't matter if it's a small value loss or a large value loss, we're going to give it our attention to, to the best of our abilities. And you must have uh, have quite a team. How, how many are, are we talking about that uh, are in this, uh, you know, the investigative units here? Sure. We, we currently have a staff of six. We were down one individual uh, a few months ago, unfortunately, but uh, we have our seventh member joining us this week. We we're very excited about that. Um, which coincidentally with the addition of this new individual, um, we were able to maintain our 
um, experience. You know, right now we, we like to tout the fact that between the seven of us, um, we have well over 150 years of insurance experience and the new individual joining our group is going to certainly add to that total. Now, now, how did you get into this field, Keith? I mean, I, I, I don't know if, you know, people grow up, uh, I, don't, I don't know where you're from, but you, you, you probably didn't grow up and say, you know, uh, someday I want to be an insurance investigator, or, or did you? No, well, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. I'm a local boy <laughs> yeah. here in Concord. Um, you know, that having been said, both my parents worked in insurance. And oh. I can tell you, I grew up saying I never want to work in insurance. <laughs> uh, you know, I spent some time in the military when I, when I left service. Uh, I was looking for a job, and my college roommate worked for uh, John Hancock. Yeah. And uh, hooked me up with a job there down in Boston. And, um, you know, that they, as they say, the, the rest is history. But I can tell you, I don't know anybody who ever really gets involved in insurance. Um, as a career goal, it just seems to happen, you know, insurance touches every aspect of our lives. And I think, um, you know, people, as they grow through their careers, find an affinity for it. Uh, that is true. And it's uh, an aspect uh, of many of our lives that we don't uh, totally understand or, or comprehend. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, it's it's not always easy to read an insurance policy. I'm sure most people don't really read every single word. So uh, you guys are there to protect us. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, you know, and, and we like to talk about there's kind of uh, three layers of consumer protection here at the department. There's the front end layer, as you mentioned, policies and contracts. There's a specific division here in the, in the department, which reviews every application, every policy contract uh, to make sure it meets the legal requirements of the law. Um, you know, that's kind of the frontline uh, level of protection. And, you know, the Consumer Services Division helps individuals with their specific concerns. And as, you know, we or the department, other areas identify systemic issues of uh, bad practice, we refer those issues to our market conduct division. And, uh, you know, that's probably best equated to uh, an audit function where a team will go into an insurance company and look at their operations and make sure any systemic issues or, or, or systemic uh, processes that are having a negative impact can be corrected. Um, yeah, I, I don't imagine there are too many people that read their insurance policies from cover to cover. I, I think uh, <laughs> we mostly glance at them and just assume that, you know, it's going to be okay. And, uh, and most of the time it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, we do run into these situations once in a while where we need you guys. And uh, I'm glad you're, you're there at the uh, New Hampshire Insurance Department. Keith Nyan is our guest. He is the director of the Consumer Services Unit at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And we'll have more with Keith coming up. We have to take a quick break here. Kale and Company live on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. We are powered by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. And the first Tuesday of every month, we check in with our good friends from the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And today, our guest is Keith Nyan, and Keith is the director of the Consumer Services Unit at the New Hampshire Insurance Department, which is not too far 
uh, from uh, where we are right now at uh, WKXL. Now we uh, talk about the life and health uh, subunit, uh, Keith, processing 423 consumer complaint investigations. What were some of the the more frequent investigations uh, for that unit? Sure, absolutely, Ken. Uh, Accident and health insurance tends to be our bread and butter on on the life and health side um, in that the overwhelming majority of both education opportunities, those inbound phone calls and emails, as well as investigations do tend to focus um, on health insurance. Um, You know, notably last year out of the uh, all of case, all of the cases that generated some sort of financial recovery for consumers, um, over 106 were uh, health insurance related, which is about 39% of the recovery volume. Um, the largest recovery that we saw for that particular line was $226,000 mm. wow. um, for one consumer. You know, obviously that makes a big impact in someone's life. Mm. 226,000. What, what kind of a, a case was that without giving away too much? But No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's one of these cases and it's, it, it, it's good to have the opportunity to talk about it. So, you know, people who hear the story can, can, can reach out to us if they have a similar experience. Um, this was a particular case where a husband was, you know, supporting his wife who was going through some um, physical rehabilitation. She had had a couple of physical injuries um, and, by really, I'll say no fault of the consumer, ended up in different facilities that uh, um, treatments were being denied by the insurance company. So you have medical providers rendering their services and insurance companies not paying the bills. Uh, We were able to get involved and facilitate and otherwise work with those health insurance companies to uh, pay those bills. So um, made a big, big difference in that individual's lives, uh, lives, well, I guess their their lives, plural. and that's just a small example. You know, on the other end of that spectrum, uh, we had a $3 recovery in that unit where a consumer contacted us with an issue saying that the uh, the, the bill that she received was off. And it, we, we investigated, and sure enough, the bill was off by $3. And, um, you know, we ordered the company to send her a check for $3. You know. uh, it's, uh, it's always good to be able to help people, but in that case, we were also able to encourage the company to I say that with you know quotes around encourage the company to correct their processes, and I believe there were quite a few more checks that were sent out after that. So you investigate from the largest claim uh, to to the smallest, or uh, three dollars to uh, two hundred twenty six thousand. Quite a disparity there, but uh, you put the time and effort into uh, all of these cases that come before you, and it's it's good to point out, like you did, uh, that uh, you know there are these the senior services, including. Uh, Medicare and long-term care, which you uh, uh, alluded to, and uh, uh, there's other uh, issues involving uh, substance use disorder and uh, behavioral health insurance coverage as well. Absolutely, and it's it's something that we take very seriously here, and it's it's we we have no shortage of cases where we actually have uh, spoken to behavioral health providers who are having issues, perhaps with claim payments coming from companies because of system issues or, um, you know, sometimes it's because the providers are not coding their their bills properly where we routinely get involved at that level as well, at, at the provider level, um, to assist to make sure those claim payments are being made so practices can stay open. Um, obviously, the uh, substance use disorder um, issues that we're dealing with as a, as a community are, are, are widespread and 
Um, the last thing we want to see um, is providers who are rendering those services to go out of business. So uh, we certainly encourage anyone who has any connection to the insurance industry that has a problem to call us. If, you know, if, if we don't have the solution or if we can't help, uh, we know somebody who can. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. Keith Nyan is our guest, director of the uh, Consumer Services Union, uh, Unit at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And uh, how about insurance fraud? I'm, I'm sure you come across that uh, from time to time. How does it uh, compare in New Hampshire to some of our neighboring states? Uh, you know, I, I'm probably not the best individual to handle that question, but what I would say is this. Um, we, we here in the Consumer Services Division investigate what we call administrative violations, which are basically violations of the uh, state's administrative laws. On the other side of things, we have a, se- a separate fraud division, which does tend to stay uh, segregated from us here. And, and that unit performs criminal investigations. Um, and I don't know, but we can certainly make arrangements to have my colleague, Brendan Harris, who heads that unit, to uh, uh, speak with sure. speak with you about fraud. But uh, they also had a banner year last year, bringing more cases to trial than they ever have in the history of the department. So kudos to the fraud division and Brendan Harris and his team. Well, yes, indeed, and, and to your units uh, as well. Uh, why, why is it that uh, in, uh, the insurance uh, policies, they, they are very confusing uh, to read, but uh, what, what have you found to, to be the, the biggest uh, misconception that the public has about uh, insurance? Well, I'll start off by saying that uh, these insurance policies are written by lawyers for lawyers. Yep. I don't necessarily think they're written by lawyers right. for the uh, average Joe. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and that's where we can help. You know, we had touched based on that a little bit earlier. Anybody who has a question about what's in their policy, call us. You know, call your agent, first of all, but give us a call. We're happy to help. Um, you know, that having been said, what's the biggest misconception about insurance? Um, I would say the one that we deal with here pretty frequently is an individual who, uh, you know, spends 30 years paying for a life insurance policy and uh, having spent for 30 years, uh, um their premiums go up and they say, geez, I have nothing to show for it. Um, you know, there's no cash value in the policy. And it's, it's, uh, it's a misconception that these policies have value. It's either, you know, many times it's use it or lose it. And we frequently have to explain to people that, uh, you know, you actually won here. You didn't die. Um, so, <laughs> um, so that's certainly a misconception, but, you know, I guess kind of as an overall, uh, sentiment, um, the, the biggest problem with, Insurance consumers is they don't necessarily understand what they own or what's covered. All right. Yeah, I'm sure, and don't sometimes don't have a grasp of uh, what their deductibles happen to be, and yeah. uh, and, and so on. So I'm sure that those are areas where, well, first of all, I, I guess the the first uh, place you would turn would be the uh, the issuer of that uh, the policy. But then if, if they aren't uh, of uh, of the help that the, the, that you want, I guess you contact the uh, New Hampshire Department of Insurance. Sure. You know, we, we, we certainly promote ourselves as, as that unbiased third party um, who is here to help. Anybody who has a question about any insurance product that he or she has should contact um, their agent if, if they have one um, or the issuer or the manufacturer or the insurance company that, that issues that product. And then, you know, um, absent resolution there, give us a call. We, we are an unbiased party and we will 
um, certainly coach people through whatever situations they find themselves in. Well, you certainly were very helpful to a lot of people in in 2022, and I'm sure that will continue in 2023. What is the the best way to get in touch and and file a complaint if someone thinks there's an issue that uh, needs to be addressed? Thank you for asking. First and foremost, the Consumer Services Division uh, hotline or 800 number is 800-852-852. 3416. That's 800-852-3416. Um, and our website is uh, nh.gov uh, slash insurance. And when you arrive at our homepage, uh, right there, there is a link to submit a consumer complaint. Um, our email address is also available on our website, but it's consumer services at ins.nh.gov. Well, and there is no uh, no investigation or uh, you know situation that people have in their lives regarding insurance that is too big uh, nor too small, as you have uh, detailed today, from from three dollars to uh, you know two hundred twenty six thousand dollars. So uh, you you investigate all of them, and uh, obviously doing the job uh, very well, Keith. It's been uh, very enlightening to uh, hear what uh, what goes on at uh, your services unit at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And uh, glad to have you with us today here on the show. Thank you very much on behalf of everybody here at the department. All right. Thanks so much, Keith. Keith Nyan, the director of the uh, Consumer Services Unit at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Again, uh, if you uh, have something that uh, you feel is uh, worthy of investigation, Uh, 1-800-852-3416 is the number, or uh, you can email them at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. Simple as that. And they get the job done, obviously. We will be back for more of Kale & Company right after these words. We are powered by... Northeast Delta Dental. You can find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. More after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on a Tuesday as we count down to Super Bowl 57. Unfortunately, the New England Patriots are not involved in this one, but it will be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that uh, beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl a number of years ago. Well, if two lawmakers in Tennessee uh, get their way, the day after the Super Bowl could soon become an official holiday in the volunteer state. Senator London Lamar, a Democrat from Memphis, and Representative Joe Towns Jr., a Democrat from Memphis, have introduced a bill this week uh, that would make the first Monday, or the Monday after the Super Bowl, a holiday in Tennessee. To make that happen, though, the state would have to get rid of another holiday. So the lawmakers are proposing to scrap Columbus Day. So there you go. You know, I have always thought it was very absurd that the NFL does not play the Super Bowl on the Sunday, the day before 
President's Day. I mean, it's right there for them in February. I mean, if this proposal goes through in Tennessee, I mean, you would have one week. You know, you would be off after the Super Bowl. The next week, the next Monday would be President's Day. Now, no one's opposed to holidays, but uh, it just seems to me that it could be very easily taken care of if the NFL just adjusted its schedule to play the Super Bowl every year on the Sunday prior to President's Day. It's a very easy solution, folks. It's not rocket science. It's scheduling a football game on the day before a holiday. I mean, it it seems to make sense to me. I don't know. I mean, uh, people have talked about this for any number of years because uh, I guess the rate of absenteeism at workplaces is very high. I wonder why on the day after the Super Bowl. But uh, NFL fans have been trying for years to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. Uh, As a matter of fact, back in uh, 2013, someone started a petition asking the president to make a Super Bowl Monday a holiday. And after that petition failed, someone else gave it a shot in 2019. And that year, nearly 15,000 people signed a petition asking the government to make Super Bowl Monday a holiday. But uh, that didn't get anywhere. So, the you know, this is on the NFL shoulders. This should not be a governmental issue. Uh, NFL, come on, wake up. Uh, you could start the season a week later. Uh, or you could have two bye weeks for NFL teams. Or what's probably going to happen in the not-too-distant future is that the NFL, which has already expanded to 17 games for the regular season, will probably go to 18 games. I think that's coming. Uh, 18 games for the regular season. It may not be in the next few years. could be five, ten years down the road. But in the meantime, Roger Goodell, you know darn well that the schedule could be adjusted so that the Super Bowl could be played on the day before President's Day. You don't have to make a federal case about this. It's very simple. Just change the NFL calendar a little bit. And I think... A lot of people would appreciate that, to have that built-in day off after the Super Bowl. You don't have to go through Congress to do it. Just, just, it's it's very simple. Maybe it's too simple. Uh, You know, it it just seems like it's out there. Just, you know, back up the season somehow. Play play an extra week of games, start a week later, uh, give two buys. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's very. It would be very easy uh, to legislate it that way instead of going through the federal government to add another holiday. Lord knows we have enough holidays, right? Oh, I know, I know. You're saying we like, could never have enough holidays, but uh, yeah, I think you can. Uh, at any rate, uh, make it. And this article from CBSSports.com goes on to say making the change at a federal level, will almost certainly never happen, and nor should it. But getting it done at the state level seems uh, slightly more realistic. If the state of Tennessee passes this bill, it's possible you could see other states follow in its footsteps. I I tend to doubt it. 
I would hate to see our legislature waste time trying to pass a day off when the solution is very easy. It's very easy, folks. Come on, Roger Goodell, wake up. Wake up. What are you doing? Are you getting paid, what, $25 million a year to hand out trophies? That's, that's basically what he does, right? Hand out trophies to the, uh, you know, conference champions, Super Bowl champions. So, hey, it, it's very easy. Just just schedule the game before President's Day. Uh, it's not rocket science, folks. It is not rocket science. All right, today, Tuesday, February the 7th, 2023, it's Ballet Day. I'll bet many of you were not aware of that. Ballet Day. Uh, National Fettuccine Alfredo Day for you Fettuccine Alfredo fans out there. It is Rose Day, and they're talking about the flower and not Pete. And uh, send a card to a friend day. How many people, I wonder these days, I wonder how many people just send random cards to people when it's not somebody's birthday or Valentine's Day or Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever it may be. I wonder how many people just send random cards to friends and relatives. I'm guessing it does not happen very often uh, these days if there's not a specific reason. I think those cards to receive are the best. The ones that just come from out of the blue. And it's not because it's Valentine's Day or it's, you know, Grandparents' Day or their birthday or Christmas or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving or whatever holiday you send cards for. A card for just no reason at all is probably the best card that somebody will ever receive. Well, in sports, the uh, Celtics beat the Pistons last night in Detroit, 111-99. Jason Tatum led the Celtics with 34 points. 22 of those points uh, came in the second half. Robert Williams III, the Time Lord, 15 points, 15 rebounds. Ken, yes. we have a special guest on the line. Oh, we do. We would, do. Would, would, would that be someone with the initials SS? I think so. You got it, Oh, my it is Scott Spradling. <laughs> how about that? Hi, Ken. Uh, how are you, how Scott? Are you? I was just raving on here, great. talking to myself and, and our listening audience. Uh, the state of Tennessee is trying to pass uh, legislation, and I know this is not specifically why you're on, but I wanted to get your take on this. Uh, the state of Tennessee is trying to pass legislation to make the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday uh, a holiday in Tennessee. And I said that the, the solution to me is very simple. The NFL, just just schedule the Super Bowl for the Sunday before President's Day. And then everybody has the day off. I mean, I think it's a great idea, personally, because I, we've all seen the national study that productivity the day after Super Bowl Sunday is in the basement right. of American right. economy, and, right? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea because even people who aren't football fans or could care less about the specific game right. are still socializing. They're snacking. The game doesn't start until the six o'clock hour. Right. People aren't leaving other folks' homes until close to 10. It's a, it's a school night and oh my gosh, right? There's a lot of reasons to actually seriously consider this. So, I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it, to me, it's a simple solution. They just have to make a little adjustment to the NFL calendar. I think yeah. some someday, Scott, in the not-too-distant future, uh, we're going to get an 18-game schedule in the NFL uh, yeah. instead of 17. And, uh, you know, when that they've mentioned, you know, the possibility of that happening. And when it does, they've also floated the possibility of a couple of bye weeks instead of just one for each team, there might be two if they had oh an 18-game schedule. Yeah, so that would Yeah, be, no, I, but, that's, a, that's a good call. Yeah, so... I like it. So anyway, why why not do it that way and uh, have sure. you know, the built-in holiday? You don't have to pass state or federal legislation for it. Just use the holiday that's already there, right? That's some common-sense leadership right there, Ken. There you go. I'm voting for you there, for president. There you go. And when I'm elected... <laughs> <laughs> But you, you're going to run my campaign, though, Scott. I'll, you know, okay, great. Uh, right. I can at least help provide music. <laughs> Scott, can you hang on a second? And we, we will of course. Uh, talk about how people can win a Patriots Super Bowl ring and also help a great cause. So stand by for that. Scott Spradling is with us from the Spradling Group and the Scott Spradling Band. And uh, we'll be back with more right after these words. Kale and Company right here, WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live for a Tuesday. And uh, joining us on the line, great friend of the program, Scott Spradling. And uh, Scott involved with uh, the organization known as Swim with a Mission. And they received an amazing gift. And that is a gift of the New England Patriots 2003 World Championship Super Bowl ring, which is being raffled off. And, Scott, there's no time to waste now because the drawing date is rapidly approaching. It is, my friend. And if you don't mind, can I do a little scene setter to refresh a few memories of about Super Bowl 38? So it was February 1st, 2004, New England Patriots versus the Carolina Panthers. It was a battle through the entire first half with a 14-10 to 10 halftime lead by our lovely, wonderful, winning New England Patriots. But the fourth quarter is where the action really hit. If you can remember, 37 points were scored between the two teams in a battle that looked initially like the Patriots were going to storm out in front and never look back. They took a 21-10 to 10 lead just 10 seconds into the fourth quarter. But within two minutes of that... Carolina had a huge play to make it 21-16. They went for two, and it failed. However, after four or five minutes of clock management and both teams battling it out, Carolina scored again and stung and took the lead 22-21 to with a pass from Jake DeLome to Mushin Muhammad for 85 yards, a dagger. A few minutes later, with 2.51 to go in the game, the Patriots struck again and took the lead 29-22. All of a sudden, the Panthers screamed back down the field in a minute and a half and tied it up. 29 to 29. And if you can now remember Super Bowl 38 hanging in the balance on the right foot of Adam Vinatieri from 41 yards out with four seconds to go, clock expires, Patriots win 32-29 in a thrilling Super Bowl 38. And the rings that were handed out to Adam Vinatieri and Dion Branch and Tom Brady and all of our favorites from that year 
One of those rings is now available for an, a raffle that will benefit veterans here in New Hampshire through Swim with a Mission. Just $100 online at swam.org. You can register for a drawing that's going to happen this Monday right after the Super Bowl because we're going to hawk it all through the Super Bowl and try to sell out the rest of the tickets. We're halfway, almost halfway towards our goal of $100,000. We've already sold almost half the tickets. So right now, build on the nostalgia. Think about who you can help. This is direct. 100% of all proceeds are going to veterans here in New Hampshire and various programs. $100,000 we're hoping to raise. We've already got 50 k ish in the bank. We would love for people to get on swamswam.org and buy a ticket. And uh, you just gave me chills with that recap, Scott. Huh? <laughs> Did you ever think about I gotta, I- Ever think about going into sports casting? <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, I'm no Ken Kale. I'll tell you that right now. But I will say that I Should did not reclaim all of that. I, I didn't reclaim that from memory. I had to look that back up again because I couldn't. I knew the score, but I couldn't remember how the fourth quarter went down. And it was actually even more exciting than I remembered it. Um, Patriots have given us so much excitement over the years. But I think this is a really fun way for people to think about how they can get involved in a raffle around Super Bowl weekend. I mean, people will chuck a hundred bucks at squares and, and try to hopefully yeah. you know, pick the right numbers and right. get the score. Yeah. So think of, so, and, and I understand that's, that's personal winnings. And so yeah. it's a little bit like buying a lottery ticket. Yeah. This is playing a raffle for something that you will never be able to get on your own ever under any circumstances. And this will benefit veterans programs like hero dogs and, mental health services for veterans who are suffering from the challenges of service. All of those kinds of programs in New Hampshire are going to face funding through a fundraiser like this one. And, and I mean, when you, when you play a square, okay, may, maybe you'll win some money. All right. And yeah. that's, that's great. That that's great. Sure. I, I have nothing against the squares. I've, I've done it myself <laughs> many times, but, Same. but I, I have never been in the running before for a, a Super Bowl championship ring. I mean, that yep. that is something, that is priceless. It is priceless. Oh, yeah. And, and Ken, people might ask, well, where the heck did you get this thing? Well, we got it right from one of the front office former employees of the Patriots, a gentleman named Lou Imbriano, who worked in the marketing department for the Patriots back in that time and was given a ring just like all the other front office staff are given when the team wins the championship. So this is a legitimate certified Super Bowl 38 Patriots championship ring. And it's been, um, it's been valued at more than $70,000. So if you want to think lottery tickets, you've got a limited number of competitors against it. It's a hundred bucks going to a good cause and you could cash out with a $70,000 prize. And that's just the monetary value. We all know that any piece of jewelry that belongs to Tom Brady is essentially, especially tied to his wins like this. That is a priceless artifact that will only skyrocket in value. And I would say, of all the exciting games, that easily is one of the most exciting wins. The first one was great because it was the first. Yep. But this was a field goal winner at the buzzer of a Super Bowl. Yep. It was yep. becoming the norm for us, right? Because it was the second win in a row for the Patriots to have won a Super Bowl on a, on a game-winning field goal kick. Just incredible. Yeah, so much of the Patriots' success, and I honestly... Uh, don't think he has gotten enough credit. I know he's gotten, you know, a, you know, a substantial amount of credit, but to me, not enough. Adam Vinatieri. I mean, yeah. this whole Super Bowl run might not have uh, been, uh, you know, been a thing had it not been yeah. for the right foot of Adam Vinatieri. Let me tell you, if the guy's name was Scott Norwood, 
Yeah. Think oh, about yeah. the Buffalo Bills and their struggle. <laughs> yeah. They they blew two of them at the end of the game because of Scott Norwood misses, and that's no attack on Scott Norwood because no. I can't imagine the Alka Seltzer needed to be a, an NFL kicker because all oh, you do, your man, only yeah. job is to try to save it at the very end. That's it. There, there's really nothing else. Scott so Norwood that of, is the, a, of the Buffalo Bills who missed that right. uh, potential game winner against the New York Giants. And, uh, yep. Yeah, and Sent them spiraling. Yep. And, but you think of Inetary, you think of the snowball where, where they were <sighs> you know, able oh to God, uh, you know, move on to uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, that was incredible. Yeah, I mean, that one, that was the first one that got it started. Then in the first Super Bowl, he kicked the game-winning field goal. The first Super Bowl he the did. Patriots won in the Tom Brady era, or ever. Uh, he, he was the one who kicked the game-winning field goal. In this one, he kicked the game-winning field goal in the 2004. Yeah. And we say the 2003 uh, Super Bowl ring because it was the 2003 season, but the game right. was played in 2004. Yeah, so that's exactly right. Yep. So we're at the 20th anniversary of the season victory here. So there's a nice timeliness to it. And again, like you've pointed out, it's S W A M. Like you're going swimming in the past tense. Swam. Yes. Dot org. You just click onto that website and it'll take you right to the raffle page where you can just register, pay a hundred dollars. That money is going to go 100 percent to the families and to the veterans of New Hampshire and the region even to be able to fund some of these programs. Lou donated this ring with the express purpose of raising as much money as we possibly could to, to be able to fund to the veterans. So we capped the number of tickets, and we're, we're about halfway there. So we're hoping, really hoping, to spread the word and get a flurry of fun Super Bowl, let's still celebrate the Patriots type of activity up here in New England. I mean, I mean this is such a unique prize. I mean, it, it truly is. And again, we can't say uh, thanks enough to Lou Embriano for, for doing that, the uh, former Patriots uh, vice president and chief marketing officer who uh, worked in radio at one time for the uh, for the world-famous sports huddle. Uh, he it, did. That's right. Yeah. And, but uh, Lou was on the show at, at one time talking about it and uh, and uh, just a great donation. I, I know our own Kitty Ray, our resident flick chick, is in on the winning here. And uh, <laughs> and, and I, I have still put it off. But I am going to do it every, you know. And I think most people put things off to the last minute. But, oh, you know, sure. But do it now. Do it now, folks, before you forget. Because there exactly. are still some entries remaining. About half the entries are still remaining. But yep. by Monday... Uh, and the, the cutoff is what Sunday at midnight? Is that right? Yeah, it'll be Sunday at midnight. That's yeah. right. All and, right. And we have a we have a computer program that's going to pick the name randomly, and we're going to do it on the Swam Facebook page, Facebook Live. Ah. We're going to be doing it on Monday. And in fact, we've already set the time. That Monday time frame is going to be at two o'clock. So you just go to the Facebook page at 2 o'clock on Monday, uh-huh. and you can see the live drawing. The computer will call up the name, and bam, we've got a winner. Uh, there you go. And, and again, uh, the, the greatest thing is the beneficiary is our veterans and their families who have uh, given so much and uh, in many cases have made the ultimate sacrifice. So, uh, Scott, it's just a, a terrific thing, and uh, this is the final week, so... Folks, it's only a hundred bucks. You could not spend a hundred bucks better than this. That is for sure. <laughs> really, uh, Ken. I want to thank you for all your support because you've had us on numerous times to be able to raise awareness around this raffle and fundraiser. So many, many uh, uh, thanks to you for helping us um, be able to to spread the word and hopefully sell tickets and benefit veterans and their families. Very kind of you. Outstanding. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Tuesday morning, and uh, hope to have you back in the studio real soon. Thanks, Ken.
I look forward to it. All right. Scott Spradling of the Spradling Group. And, again, the website is SWAM, Swim with a Mission, SWAM.org. The entry will pop uh, right up. You can buy as many as you want. You can even buy the remaining 500 or so if you uh, you want to get in on it. Uh, and yeah, it's a seventy thousand dollar item, folks. Seventy thousand dollars. So if you buy the remaining, let's say five hundred tickets, that's what. Well, that's a good investment. I mean, it's fifty thousand dollars, but hey, the return could be a seventy thousand dollar ring that you could never buy. It's priceless. It is a priceless ring. So the money raised so far is about forty six thousand. There are still entries remaining, so get on board and be part of the drawing coming up on their Facebook page next Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, which is not a holiday, folks. Remember that (laughs) at 2 o'clock. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another exciting installment of Kale & Company. Thanks for joining us today. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, you can find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Stay with us right here, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. <laughs>